I suppose troops, Steve Perriman again uh, on the Steve Perriman podcast. Uh, we should be a little bit down after the Liverpool late goal took away our deserved point last night. Uh, like you, I'm looking from afar on TV, but we did have chances to get more out of the game than we actually did. I don't think it's correct to play the blame game and don't want to start going down that road. As supporters, I sort of understand if that's what you do, but uh, both as a player, coach, assistant manager and director of football, I know how difficult it is just to pull out a goal or a move or a sign-in to keep everyone happy. The, the reason, my reason is, and hopefully not an excuse, is that opponents get played. They practice, they have tactics, they watch videos, they plan. They want to get to the top of the league or Wembley. So what it tells me is that sort of moments create the difference on the day. Be it, remember the moment at the Champions League final, the penalty, the FA Cup final when Ricky pulls that run out of the bag to beat however many players and scores the goal, or just in normal league games. What I do think from afar is that Harry's head injury made him slightly less able to do his usual normal defensive job, which he does so effectively in helping us defend corners. So, yeah, and, and that proves that Harry's not just a player who scores goals, it, 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 what an all-round player he is, as we've discussed before. And he's not only worried about his goal tallies, he's, he's worried about how the team is doing in the league, result-wise, etc. So, So, yeah, uh, disappointed, not despondent. Um, of course, we all wanted a win. It didn't happen. I think the chaps gave a good account of themselves. If, if we took, if we took the, the, the chances that we created, then of course it's a different result. But, but you could say that about Liverpool as well. So, so yeah, I you know in, in terms of the, the 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 criticisms and stuff, I, I'm I'm hearing stories about. Um, various players getting the blame for, for missing chances last night. I mean, my only way to describe it is that the ball moves, the ball's around, you've got an opponent, um, he's got studs that would, he'd like to put in you if he could. And so let's, let's talk about a, a static game like snooker. So you're not allowed to take your shot until all the balls are stationary. Your opponent's sat down. He can't do anything against you. You don't have to do it now or in five seconds time or 10 seconds time. You choose the moment. You have a walk around the table. You look at the different angles. Until you're ready to take your shot. And then even then, without the opponent, without the stress, without the noise of a crowd, 
snooker players don't always do the perfect shot. Of course they don't. That's the nature of sport. So anyway, uh, get behind the team. No one means to make mistakes. No one means to miss the goal or get knocked over when the corner kick comes in or miss the header. So, um, yeah, let's, let's be appreciative of what we got this season and, um, and get on with it. So just to clear up a couple of points from last week's podcast, um, Mike Donovan, I told you, was writing the book about uh, Dave Mackay, the great Dave. And uh, it's got the full backing of his, his family, wherever they're, they are now, mostly back in Scotland. And he did tell me that, uh, and people have been asking me this, what, what's it going to be called, Steve? So I asked Mike and he said, um, he's thinking about calling it Football's Bravehearts. Now, I wonder what you think of that. And actually, if you've got some different ideas, why don't you write a message to me and I'll pass them all on to, to Mike. But, um, but yeah, nice, nice to have some sort of involvement about the, the great man. And Tom, I'm going to throw this one to you. The opening music of these podcasts are creating quite, um, uh, quite a wave of, um, well, they're interested in it. People are interested in it and asking me to find out where it's from, how did it come about, etc. So, Tom, I know you're responsible for it. So can you give me the answer, please, and let people hear your answer? Yeah, sure. So um, over the last few years, I've recorded and, and performed a few a few kind of classic Spurs songs for, um, for, for, for a couple of charities and uh, uh, some live events with, uh, yeah, with, Spurs legends and whatnot as well. Um, McNamara's band is one that I've uh, I've, I've always done, um, and yeah, with your with your podcast, we were kind of talking about how to um, yeah create a bit of a sting, audio sting, beginning and end. Um, so I figured it might be nice to to just try playing the um, McNamara's band on the acoustic guitar in a kind of mournful, not mournful way, but just a very chilled way. Uh, so just uh, took my guitar out in the shed, recorded it, and uh, and that was that really. Well, Tom, I've got to tell you, it sounds great. One person even said they like it that much. And trust me, this is not a criticism. They like it that much that they would like it played at their funeral, hopefully one day in the far off future. So um, again, that's a compliment, not, not a criticism, Tom. So, so well done you. So also we have Howard with us as usual. How are you, Howard? I'm good, thank you. Well done. You're as disappointed as we all are, as per last night's uh, result. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk about um, Leicester City. You've got some memories from the past. And I think you're going to go into an era that I wasn't involved in. Um, please give us the, the benefit of your Spurs memory. Thanks, Steve. We've played Leicester a number of times in cup competitions over the years but three of them stand out as being cup finals and semi-finals. In 1961, Leicester were our opponents in the FA Cup final, which we won to complete the double. In 1982, we met them in the FA Cup semi-final, but the match I'm looking back to is the League Cup final in 1999. Recently, we have discussed boring play. If you wanted to find two managers who thrived on this type of football, including putting your foot in where it hurts, you only had to look at the two managers of the teams in this final. 
Leicester were managed by Martin O'Neill and Tottenham by George Graham. Please pause a moment while I disinfect my mouth. I'd heard a rumour that the two managers had spoken before the game because they might change their style for the sake of the game. Needless to say, neither of these guys would give this a second thought. The player of the year in 1999 was David Ginola. Well, he was worth it. Watching him that season was the one redeeming thing. Yet you knew that George Graham did not want him and he was subbed during the final and left at the end of the season. The game itself was, as you'd expect, with players kicking lumps out of each other and creating nothing. Of all the players in that game, Robbie Savage stands out as a very tough and unscrupulous player. Towards the latter stage of the game, he clashed with Justin Edinburgh behind the ref and got Justin sent off. When asked about this situation, he proudly admitted to it. And then, in the very last minute, the ball fell to Stefan Everson, who ran full tilt to the byline, pulled the ball back onto the head of Alan Nielsen, who scored. We had won the League Cup. Well done, Howard. Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, the 82 semi-final against Leicester at Aston Villa. And we trained on the Friday. I've cheated a bit because I, I went on to YouTube earlier today just to remind me of, of that game. But it was as much what happened before and after as, as, as well as the events of the 90 minutes. So we trained on the Friday, get on the bus, we travel up to Birmingham and we stay at the Belfry. During that day, uh, the Falklands War erupted. News came out and, yeah, everyone was filled with some sort of despair and thinking about how Ozzy and Ricky were feeling, how the crowd were going to react the next day at the semi-final, etc. All I can remember is during that night, I, I, I normally room with Ozzy, but on this occasion I didn't, and maybe luckily so. I remember waking up about three o'clock in the morning and hearing this noise from the room maybe above me or below me. And it was muffled noise, but there was a lot of talk going on and I, and I couldn't make out the words. And it turned out to be Ozzy and Ricky's room and they were getting phone calls all night to discuss the Falklands War. From family, friends, press, everyone. So having spoken to Keith today to remind me of his thinkings about the events, he told me that he was extremely worried about Ozzy and Ricky having got no sleep whatsoever during that night before a very important game. So we noticed that Ricky was not, wasn't playing, wasn't on the bench. Now, I think that must have had something to do with, with key selection. Ozzy did play and actually performed very, very well. It was a game that we won 2-0. Leicester City were managed by Jock Wallace, uh, a tough Scotsman. I think he had seven, maybe six or seven Scotsmen in his group of 12, because in those days there was one sub. And they were from the second division and they decided that we, a little while before we lost against Liverpool late in the League Cup 
and that we were there for the taking because we were all tired and maybe we were a bit soft. And so they definitely made it a, a competitive game. And that's the way it was on a very, very difficult pitch, uh, Aston Villa, sand covered, which was no surprise in those, those times. But for a, a flair team, remember we had Aussie Glenn and Mickey Hazard in midfield and, you know, we played through midfield. Difficult to sort of get angles and, and lose your opponent on such a surface. But anyway, at nil-nil, it was looking like a tough game and it was. So, Jock Wallace apparently called his team the Mongols. That's his words, not mine. As against the flair and the skill and the ability and the technique of, of the Tottenham team. He called them the Mongols. Well, they were certainly given a good account of themselves. And, and we were all relieved in the second half when Glenn took a short corner to Aussie. Aussie worked his way around it, got his cross in and Garth scored on the volley to, uh, to ease everyone's sort of fears down of, a, of, of maybe a shock result. Um, later on, unfortunately for, for one of the Leicester City players, uh, Tony Galvin went on a great run down the left. Um, they tried to kick him about four or five times, but he evaded it. Eventually crossed this ball into the box and it went straight to the laddie and Wilson. We tried to play the ball back to his goalkeeper and it, I'm sure it was a bobble on the pitch, but of course the, the, the pass back went over the top of the goalkeeper and made it 2-0. And at that point, they were down to 10 men and therefore it ended up appearing to be a sort of an easy game. Well, it, well, it, it really wasn't. But I can just remember the crowd, the, the vast... Tottenham supporters that were at that game and um, the crowd singing, we're on our way to Wembley and there's nothing better to hear uh, when, you, when your crowd are with you and they're backing you and they're, they're going back to Wembley, which at the, at the time seemed like a, a normal place for us to be because of the two-man city games and the charity shield and and then the League Cup final against Liverpool, though we lost it. But, you know, we were getting so used to being back at Wembley. And I think that helped us be a bit more prepared for, the, for this semi-final, albeit against second division opponents. And sat in the bath after. Um, remember, Ozzy had played brilliantly in this game. And uh, sat in the bath when we were allowed to bath together, don't take that the wrong way. Um, Ozzy said to me, Stevie, I, I, I don't play in the final. Oh, why not? He said, I'm going uh, because of the trouble and because of the World Cup. I'm, Keith has decided he's going to let me go and train with the national team in Spain and prepare for the World Cup. So, of course, I was disappointed to hear that. And, uh, but but sort of understandable in a way, and it will give someone else a chance to play at Wembley. And I think the team that did change from Aussie not being selectable was that uh, Paul Miller had been on the bench against Leicester. He came in at centre-back and Graham Roberts pushed into midfield. And it ended up with, with us winning the cup. So, um, so no bad thing. But... Um, 
Keith actually went to that World Cup uh, to talk to Aussie and watch some games, of course. And Aussie said that he didn't want, really want to come back to Tottenham because he was worried about the reaction of the English people to him and um, that he wanted to go somewhere else in the world and play his football and let things settle down. Keith eventually relented and loaned him to PSG. And I think it was a loan for a year. But Ozzy phoned him after about three months and said, Keith, I want to come back. I don't like it here. So, of course, Keith took him back with open arms. And um, But, yeah, it was a case of, of uh, politics getting involved in football. And um, But if, if you watch it on YouTube, the game, both myself and Garth and Ozzy speak after the game about that situation in regard to the Falcons. Ozzy did say to me when he was sat in that bath, Stevie, um, you, I, I want you to promise me not to believe any quotes that I make because the press will turn around anything and um, in, in the name of propaganda, for instance. So please don't uh, believe it. I am, I am not going to say anything to anyone. And when you do that, guess what? They make it up. So um, it reminds me of, of course, Ricky stayed uh, when Ozzy left. Ricky stayed. Didn't take part in the semi-final or the final. And I think, of course, the Falklands War had something to do with that. But it, I remember being told that it was reported in the Argentinian newspapers that Ricky's wife, who was pregnant, uh, when she was about to have the baby, was not allowed into an English hospital because she was from our warring uh, country. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that she had to have the baby on the back seat of a taxi. Well, of course, we're not like that in England. And it, that certainly wasn't the case. And she had the baby and was very happy. But of course, everyone was concerned for their countries. Whichever country you belong to, you were, you were concerned about your country and, and the way it moves forward. So, so that was quite an eventful semi-final weekend. Uh, ended on a good note with us winning. Um, so this week I've been busy signing books uh, and sending them out until, until I was told that uh, my wife and I had to go into self-isolation, which is interesting. Um, so that's a, a new way of living. Um, not that we go out that much anyway, but it just means that if you really wanted to go out and see our daughters or family or my brother up in London, that wouldn't be possible. So we're about halfway through that isolation. Um, the book will be available after Christmas and apologies to anyone who's, who's missed out. They are available on Steve Perryman Public at gmail.com and um, that's the advert over with and all I can remember from the YouTube is we're all going to Wembley. We, we all hope that we hear that very soon. 
yeah, let's get over the disappointment of uh, the results um, on Wednesday night against Liverpool. Um, in lots of respects, we we did what we had to do. It's all about how you recover from, from a defeat and it wasn't a bad defeat by any means. This team had gone however many games not losing at home. So I think we have to be really, really grateful and, and proud of where we are so far this season and, and please let's continue it on with the, a victory against, uh, against Leicester. So thank you very much for listening. Tom, for all your work behind the scenes and, and the, the, of course, the music that we've mentioned. Howard, thank you for your memories and your preparation that goes into that. I do, do appreciate it. And uh, also another chat, um, Bob, Barnett Bob, I call him. Thank you for all your, um, your help giving me stuff. That's that I need. So with team selections and stuff. So thank you for listening. Come on, you Spurs. Don't be too down. And um, we'll soon be back on winning ways. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>